Speaking of our prophet and revelator, did you guys see that little blurb this morning about the prophet goes around the temple grounds almost every day and somebody's yes. friend works there and he'll just stop them and they'll go in and have this little catered lunch. And then when they all go back, all the workers go back, the plans have changed. It's like the savior's right there. Okay, you got to fix this, got to go fix that, you know. Uh, that's so interesting. Did you see that? Mm-mm. Was that on I the did. Site? Which group? I don't even remember which group was in. Maybe the. Let me see if I can find it real quick. It was really cool, though. It gave me goosebumps. And so, you know, we my little primary lesson was a lot about the temple today, Jacob's Ladder and covenants and stuff like that. So, yeah, wasn't Come Follow Me so fun today? I loved it. I mean, uh, it was <laughs> yes. And I get to teach it to primary, so it's awesome. In fact, they made yeah. me teach it to the entire primary. Everybody called in sick like 20 minutes before. And they're like, <laughs> love those weeks. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> then okay, I, 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 my testimony, though, I was I put that part in it because I was talking about temples. And I'm like, and I just have to tell you this one really cool thing, even though we're not supposed to tell stories, but I had to tell that one. <laughs> so it's it's from the 11th hour workers. Leslie sent it to me this morning. My brother-in-law works for the construction company that is renovating the Salt Lake City Temple. And he told me that the prophet is there literally almost every day, that he carefully analyzes every nook and cranny of that workplace. He told me that while working, oftentimes they will be asked to halt all operations and go to their break areas. They are usually given a lunch. Um, catered by the church and after they are done sorry I'm slaughtering this they will return to work only to find out that the plans have changed he said it's like the prophet is being led by the spirit on how to reinforce this temple back when I used to work in the Salt Lake Temple I attended the devotional that they give once a year to the temple workers and the year I went Elder Cook was the featured speaker he told us that this temple would not fall in the last days and that Jesus Christ would physically walk through this temple. This prophet was definitely chosen to ensure that this temple does in fact stand when he comes again. I know that this temple, when done, will be able to withstand an 8.0 earthquake and can move five feet in any directions with new rollers installed. That's a very so, interesting insight, yeah. It, it goes on and talks about how it's going to be 250,000 square feet, five ordinance rooms, 23 ceiling rooms, and two baptistries. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. Very yeah. cool. I, I love that. I appreciate that a lot as a construction worker or whatever. <laughs> this last house that we were working on, I mean, the owner was there every day changing things and doing stuff. And we're like, as long as you tell us before we actually start it, it's totally fine. You know, we'll we'll work with it. Tell him he'll do it if he gives you a catered lunch every time. Yeah. <laughs> catered lunch. Yeah. That's what I gotta tell him. I'm like, President Nelson set the precedent. You have to give yeah. us you know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love it. But yeah, that that's so interesting to I mean, because like like what phase are they in at, at any given moment when when he's changing the plans and stuff? Like, I mean, he's just right. so in the details. I love it. There's this guy on Instagram who has this window they can just take pictures down. And so every week or so he'll send pictures. And so it's like I'm there seeing the construction. I'll have to give you guys the name. Yeah. It's just like blow by blow. You can go through and see all the like how far down they dug 
to put in those rollers. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's interesting because it wasn't just this last conference where um, it might've been the one before. I don't know. Everything's starting to blend together um, <laughs> where he's walking like in conference, he gives the video of him walking around the, the yeah. work site and stuff like that. And then just, not too long ago, church news, uh, him and Wendy uh, kind of taking tours of the temple again and stuff. But I didn't know that he's like there daily and um, having all that kind of stuff too. Very interesting how how involved he is in, in that process. It makes you kind of wonder how involved he is in in all of the, the temple's progress and uh, the reports and stuff on it too. You know, I mean, obviously Salt Lake since he's right there, but anyway. That was just a cool little for the day. Yeah. yeah. It reminded me so much of Nephi. Like, okay, well, where do I go to get the ore to build this boat yeah. to make the tools? And I thought, oh, this is just so similar. Thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, chapter 25 here, the closing remarks deals a lot with the uh, pioneer announcements and everything. It's a perfect segue. I love it. Okay. Um, but yeah, looking at verse one there, I found this very interesting with kind of a rear view mirror, right? Um, it's interesting how often he talks about a historic conference. Uh, you know, hey, he's mentioned that a, a few times now that we've read. But um, as we come to an end of this historic conference, we thank the Lord for his inspiration and protection. I mean, this is like pre-COVID, pre, you know, the obvious protection things that we need, right? Like, what is he referring to here? And um, is this a, an oft-repeated thing that he's talking about, the, the protection of the Lord? Anyway, I, I found that just kind of very interesting, his use of historic and the inspiration protection uh, clause that, that he includes there in, in verse 1. I, I want to do like a word count on all of his talks now and see how often that comes up. It just kind of stood out to me this time through for some reason. Hmm. see what other things were this is kind of a, a shorter one but i think we can we can pull lots of great fun things out of it but if not we'll we'll go back to one of the other talks as well well in verse two you know he talks about topics not being assigned to the speakers and if people didn't know um if people didn't know how topics were you know chosen and and things like that. And they might think, oh yeah, they've got a theme for this conference and you know, this is what they're going with. But when topics aren't assigned, right? And people have to come up with their own topic and then to see them all mesh together in conference so well, that is, um, that's, that's really cool. It is so fun to, to notice those patterns when they start forming, huh? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then he brings it out and he actually points it out to, for people just in case you missed this, right? <laughs> just in case you didn't know and you missed this, here you go. Um, you know, as, as you study them, seek to learn what the Lord is trying to teach you through his servants. Yes, and have you ever noticed, like in your fast and testimony meetings, like I often, when I go up, I could be first or second. And then a lot of times, whatever I talk about or testify of, <laughs> ends up being the that theme. becomes the thread of the day. <laughs> they always tease me. Okay, what are we going to talk about? What are we going <laughs> to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> so because you've got people 
you get people to start thinking about something on a certain topic and oh yeah i've got something i could say about that and (laughs) i can go up and share about that (laughs) and then you have those like the ones that break it right and they testify of something out in left field and you're just like okay we're switching gears (laughs) (laughs) but you know if everybody had if you had speakers who got up and they had to choose their own topic and it was planned ahead of time and then mm-hmm. they all mesh together that is a totally you know that's a totally different thing right yeah, you know, than, exactly. um because your talk did not influence them at all mm-hmm. you know i've always wondered this you know and, and some of them have talked about it a little bit but like how much do they like swap talks and like compare beforehand you know like can you just proofread this and make sure that <laughs> And like, um, you know, just tongue in cheek, right? Like, are, are we talking about the same thing? Like, let's make sure not to give the exact same talk because, you know, as uh, husbands and wives, you know, uh, give talks together, you know, they'll often do that process, right? Like, let's not <laughs> say the exact same thing and give the same talk. I've always kind of wondered if uh, the apostles do that to some degree, but um, it is very interesting, especially this April 2019 one, uh, very very meshed and harmonious and and uh yeah and, and a lot of them use the same scriptures i thought like so many of the exact same references yeah exactly. and as, as we go through nelson the talks before you can see tidbits of it come leaking into other uh-huh. talks yeah mm. i've noticed that quite a bit and i'm like oh yeah we just read that uh-huh. One really fun thing as I was going through the other volumes, you know, like in his apostolic years, that he always, him and Bednar and um, who was the other one? Was it Uchtdorf? Maybe? I don't know. But they always give a, a much more advanced uh, talk, and they're kind of like throwing it out to the BYU students in one of the schools. Uh, they give their full-blown talk, and then they condense it down for conference. It's like they're kind of, <laughs> I don't know, uh, experimenting with it or whatever and, and figuring out how to, to work it. But yeah. um, those ones have way more extensive footnotes and everything, and then yeah, bring it to conference for the general audience, etc. cetera. Uh, that was always kind of fun to kind of see what's leading up to the actual conference talk and, and the different times that they mention it in their, uh, their prior ones, et cetera. Well, you know, they, I think they assign, they have a list. Of course, all of the members of the Quorum of the Twelve know that they have a talk to give every conference. And then they assign things throughout the presidency of the 70 and the 70 and the general officers of the church, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, so they know who that assignment is. And that assignment, I believe, is made about five months in advance. Um, I was reading an article about this and it was talking about that. So, you know, five months in advance, you know, hey, we want you to talk. So like in the beginning of May, they're telling people that are talking in October. Okay, Mm -hmm. They have to have their talk written and submitted. I'm thinking like six weeks ahead. And then it's reviewed. It's, you know, at that point, you know, when they... At that point, I think what they do is they look at what everybody's talking about and they may put like talks together to give you a theme per session. Um, back in the day, it used to be that 
the Saturday morning session was a certain type of talk and the Saturday afternoon was a certain type and the Sunday morning was meant for investigators and non-members and you know the world in general and then Sunday yeah. afternoon was geared toward things that has changed and you know it's not that anymore right yeah. obviously um but so a lot of a lot of times you know we may see the the grouping together of the talks of similar things that that they have done but them actually coming up with their ideas and this is what we're going to talk about um i think that is you know that's that's pretty cool but i think a lot of it is also what are they talking about in their council so mm -hmm. you know the church runs by councils and if you want to know what is on the mind of the brethren when you hear several of them talking about something you know they've been talking about that in a council yep. and, and so that that really helps a lot i think as well yeah like uh for example the the sanctuary of faith there in verse four i was like huh i wonder if this is the first time that he's mentioned it or not because that you know that's kind of one of his catchphrases throughout the the years and stuff it's not he mentions it last conference but in this april 2019 conference we have Holland, Bednar, Cook, Irene, and Nelson all using that sanctuary of faith uh, terminology, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, it's interesting how those those phrases come through, um, because right before this conference, we have um, the, the worldwide tour and, and things like that, and where um, I believe it was Oaks, it might have been, I don't know, I, I could be totally wrong, no, somebody else, not Oaks, um, where uh the whole snowflake uh analogy like if you think all these changes are uh major or whatever this is just a snowflake in the snowstorm kind of thing more changes are coming more help is coming for uh young parents and, and things like that and um anyway this whole sanctuary of faith thing how it's uh kind of the catchphrase that comes out of those discussions on on how to help the members and two hour block and all of that kind of stuff. It was very interesting to kind of go back and review some of that stuff and that timeline that, that came through there. But yeah, this this conference, April 2019, Sanctuary of Faith is, is a huge uh, catchphrase for them. Well, and, and this is, I think this is great. You know, um, April of 2019, before COVID, before we had to go home, before, you know, a year before we had to shut everything down and people were stuck at home, they were saying, do these things in your home, make it a sanctuary now, make it a place where, you know, study, prayer and faith can be merged with love, right? Mm -hmm. And if we, if, if members did that, then the transition at COVID time was so much easier than if they didn't. Yeah, exactly. Like looking over just to the previous chapter, it's in that same page there in verse 38. So 2438, okay. this is kind of taking it out of context from what he's saying, but do the spiritual work to find out for yourselves and please do it now. Time is running out. Like, mm -hmm. boom, get this done already. Uh, I, you know, in a general sense, talking about all of his admonitions throughout conference, this one is, is very specific in, in verse 38. It doesn't necessarily apply, but um, I, I think uh, in a very real sense, that was a key thing that, that I uh, caught on to. And I was like, yeah. ah, time's running what? out. <laughs> I had picked up. <laughs> yep it's like that 
White Rabbit from Alice in Wonderland, right? I mean, TikTok, let's, let's get going. Well, and that yes, was, he was super awake too. He was talking to people, right? Who said, you know, if you've distanced yourself from the church, do the work to come back, right? Mm-hmm. But if time is running out for them, time yeah. is running out for everything. It, it's applicable. Time yeah. is running out, you know? Do the spiritual work now, not just to find out for yourselves, but to find out everything, to connect with the Lord, to um, live in such a way that you can have that constant guiding, directing influence of the Holy Ghost, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do it now. Absolutely. That's highlighted on mine. <laughs> Thank you. So it's interesting, I don't know, in verse three, it's not necessarily what he was saying, but what I was feeling. Um, Though says that we are deeply grateful to the many musicians who have blended their talents to bring the spirit of the Lord into each session. And I don't know, I just, I was almost like kind of caught away into thinking about our groups and and how well we do blend our talents in bringing the the spirit of the Lord into our, our sessions, our meetings and our chats kind of a thing. And, and what we might be able to, to do better in blending our, our talents. I, I, it's just so fun. I, I mean, I, I live a pretty sheltered life, <laughs> right? Like I'm in Malta, it's the tiniest town in the world. And uh, I, I don't have uh, many people that I was talking to before now and stuff, but getting to know each one of our groups and, and all of the, the different talents that are, are, are shared amongst all of us it's, it's just widened my eyes so much into just kind of the, the Lord's preparation for the second coming that we all have very massive parts to play and, and we can't do that alone. We, um, it's all about unification and, and synergistic approach as we, we share and blend our talents. It becomes this, this great masterpiece, this great, um, like it says here that uh, the many musicians who, who blend their talents, right? And uh, that it truly is a spiritual feast when we do blend talents. And, uh, you know, Satan's counterfeit is always to, to separate and, and pull apart and isolate and stuff. But as we do work to, to unify and, and blend, it, it's just, I, I, I resonate here. Like the music has been glorious, but like friendship is, is very glorious and stuff. I don't know why, but I mean, that was just so powerful to me this week as I was reading this. I, again, it wasn't necessarily what was said, but it was what the spirit was like transferring through me and, and testifying to me about and stuff. And I just, I just loved it. And the teacher at uh, Education Week that told you that, um, told the class that uh, within a family unit, um, all the different members in the family have all the gifts between them. Uh, that they need to get back to presence of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was Marilee Boyack, right? When she was talking about... Was that who it was? Uh, in group A, I was referencing it, and I'm like, I can't remember who it was. Yeah, Marilee. It was Marilee talking about having Zion in our families. And she talked about each one of her kids having a certain um, attribute that the family needed. Mm-hmm. and certain gifts that they needed yeah that was hers because yeah, I, I, I remember that. taking that note i remember writing that down mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it was very powerful. It definitely changed my perspective coming back, <laughs> right? I mean, we, we kind of go over this story all the time. It's beating a dead horse. But like, as soon as I come back from education week, that exact weekend, uh, <laughs> family drama or whatever, and that that thing from Marilee really kind of helped kind of pull it together for me. It was like, okay, every one of us have our talents and we're all here and everything that we have is to <laughs> bring us to exaltation. Okay, I got it. It, it really did help me of, of all education week. It was worth it just for that one uh, statement to get me through just kind of that, that weird hiccup in, in our family thing. Yeah. And you needed it when you got home, right? Yeah. I needed it right then. <clears throat> I think one attribute too, one cool thing about conference is like, if we go to it prayerfully, needing our answers i think it was this um exact one conference that i was having a lot of struggles with my son like horrible horrible struggles and i was like heavenly father you gotta help me like help me through this conference and it was just probably one of the roughest times in my life and um i was waiting for like an answer of what to do with them or how to deal with them or um, just kind of a lonely, really trial time. And, and I just felt so peaceful during this whole conference. And then we had this big, huge blowout the next day and he moved out. And it was like the worst day ever and the best day ever. <laughs> like it was like, it was horrible. Like it was emergency horror. We had to go to emergency. It was that horrible. Yeah. Like it was bad. Um, but then ever since then he moved out and like everything has just gotten so much better. And I really felt like Heavenly Father just gave me this peace. And then the next morning I was like, holy crap, how in the heck did this happen? But it's also like when Wendy Nelson tells that story about, remember she was engaged to the other guy and she was waiting for conference and she took the question to the conference and every talk was about marriage and she just every talk was she knew she wasn't supposed to marry him and then she heard the talk conference later they didn't say anything about marriage <laughs> there wasn't yeah. one talk about marriage but it's like you just hear what that you know what you pray to hear will comfort you and it was it was a, such an amazing conference for me because i felt so much peace and then the next day it was like this horrible tornado and then it was over and just like the calm after the storm and it was fabulous like it's been so much better and we have a great relationship but uh -huh. I don't know I just felt this is such a great kind I remember listening to these just feeling so much hope in my life and so thankful for it mm -hmm. yeah I love that and where Cindy says that I love that we all have a piece in the puzzle as we we work together there for sure I'm right there with you, Kathy. I mean, I was going through like hell right during this conference and uh, reading the, the very first talk from, what was it? We can do better, be better or whatever. Man, some of those emotions were <laughs> thrown right back in my face. And I was just like, how powerful this conference was that helped me through that, especially in retrospect. I was just like, huh, man, that... I don't know if I would have been the same person had I not listened to the conference and applied the principles and, and did uh, kind of President Nelson's admonitions through it. It's really what kind of carried me through uh, that, that rough time. I totally agree. And like 
probably until 2017, I always just worked through Saturday conference and I just had it playing in the background. I, just, yeah. I always just kept working. And then 2017, or I think it was, I think it was 2017 or 18. I was like, nope, I'm booking out the whole day. I'm not doing anything. I'm just going to sit on my couch. I'm going to take notes. I mean, I, and I was like, not even answering the phone or looking at my phone, just listening and like how, like you said, it was so impactful and like, oh, I'm just so thankful for that piece that I needed it so bad, so, so bad. Mm-hmm. So, I also loved in um, just the next verse in five, where he says God's objective should be our objective. So, and then he tells you what God's objective is, which should be our objective. And that's for his children to return to him prepared, qualified, endowed, sealed, and faithful to the covenants made in holy temples. So that just tells you everything right there, everything that he wants us to do. Mm-hmm. I just, I love that. It just kind of sums it all up, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. that was one of my things like I didn't get time this week to to like do the deep dive on those but I really wanted to to go in and really I don't know I just feel like it needs more study like uh the prepared qualified endowed sealed faithful whether it's chiastic whether it's uh just a good word study on each of those and stuff but I have like this (laughs) my my little symbol here for for study this more uh because I I just loved it I resonated with it but I I just need to come back to it kind of thing but I feel that there's a lot of power in that list. Yeah, that's definitely one that you could pick apart and probably spend a lot of time just on that one. Mm-hmm. Yep. For sure. And then I love how he goes into the, the temples, right? That each one stands as a stunning jewel in the crown of pioneer achievement. Um, those pioneer ones, right? Um, but the jewel in the crown reference, uh, that was an interesting one for me. Just kind of, I don't know, lots, it, jewel has been popping up a lot. Jewel and crown uh, motifs. Um, and I didn't realize it was as early as, as April 2019 that, that President Nelson was, was using that. Um, but anyway, I found that kind of very interesting uh, going back and, and considering those temples as jewels in the crown. You know, we often kind of quote or paraphrase that every time that a temple is built, it, it uh, binds Satan that much more or something like that. I, I forget what the actual thing is, but um, that these are, are jewels in, in the crown. <laughs> and then I kind of chuckled a little bit at the, the end of verse 7 that uh, preserving and inspiring beauty and unique craftsmanship of generations long since past. Um, and just kind of, I, I don't know, I say this tongue in cheek because I'm not trying to poke fun or anything, but like the whole Manti temple thing and, and the uproar over the, the murals and all that, right? And um, here he's, you know, saying preserving the inspiring beauty and unique craftsmanship. And anyway, as I read that, I just kind of sat there pondering for a good 15 minutes on, on what the Lord's purpose was in that whole 
thing, that whole situation with the Manti Temple, there was lots of lessons that needed to be learned from, from everyone. And it, it was just kind of interesting to um, see the Lord's process uh, through the leadership and through the people of um, fighting to, to preserve history and uh, pioneer craftsmanship and, and things like that. It, it was just an interesting my thought. family that did that. So my auntie serves in that temple. My brother lives in that town. All my cousins live in that town. And all of those spiral staircases, they like, they don't have any nails in them. They're just, it's amazing mm. how they crafted it. But all those murals, yeah. I don't know. They're just everybody that's been going to that temple for years. It was such a huge thing. And it's like, oh, you're just going to have to go along with it. And they're like, no, we're going to fight for it. <laughs> they <laughs> yep. did. And yeah. the Lord heard their prayers and please, I imagine. And then the uproar over the Ephraim temple. Oh, that's no fair. It's so close. But that little college town has so many people going to the temple that they need their own little temple in that town you know it's yeah it's and like would Ephraim have ever been considered or a thought or whatever you know it's just kind of interesting that process that sometimes the lord needed people to fight for uh, what they they desired and wanted and and sometimes it, you know it was to bring about uh, just the idea of of this new temple in Ephraim maybe it wasn't even considered because i mean it's like literally next door but it's just so interesting how that yeah, all, all the people in like Richfield, because that's a pretty big town, and they're bent out of shape. And I'm like, well, maybe I'll need to start going to the temple because a lot of my family doesn't go. And I'm like, that was my answer to them. Guess you better start going to the temple so they'll want to get one there. <laughs> yep. Anyway, well, you know, um, one of the reasons why they may have wanted to change the Manti Temple was so that they could move more people through because they were all coming from Ephraim, right? And now, okay, right. well, we're not gonna change that. We're gonna put a temple where they can use it and we can run it through with the videos. We're not live anymore, you know, doing all of that stuff. Um, but I think one of the things, it was after, after that, that we started getting the announcements of all of these temples close to other ones right mm -hmm. um when did, we, when did we get orem right you know in this one we they announced Tuila. you know when did we was it the next one that we got when did they announce orem in the next one in october of 2019 you know orem just down the street from provo and they've already got Provo, Provo City Center, right? So now you've got three right there. And then the next thing you know, they're announcing, um, uh, let me find it here. Oh, that one was Syracuse. They're, they're announcing Linden, which is in the shadow of Mount Timpanogos, right? Yeah. <laughs> You know, this is a massive boom right there. <laughs> wait a minute. I know it makes you wonder. Wait, wonder if the new Jerusalem will float down into the Great Salt Lake, which is shrinking or something like that. You know, <laughs> yeah. maybe it's not going to be where everybody thinks it is. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. 
Well, you've got, if you look at just the sheer number of them in Utah County, right? Mm-hmm. Mount Timpanogos and Linden and Provo and City Center and Orem and Saratoga Springs. Is Payson in Utah County? Yeah. Payson. So Santa Quinn's right next. Oh, that is Payson, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's seven. There's seven. Is Salem? Is there one in Salem? There's no. not one in Salem. Draper's really close too, though. Draper's but... on the other side of the point of the mountain, though. Yeah. And um, that's Salt Lake County. But um, I just took the train through there several times this past week, going to Layton and back. And the other day, I I happened to look out the window just as I was going past the point of the mountain and from where the trains are. I mean, when you drive by on the on the highway, you really don't realize what's down there. And I looked and there's all these tiered layers of, it almost looks like sand where they have gone in and they're, they're cutting away parts of things. And I'm like, you know, if you get a good earthquake and all of that is coming down and Utah County is gonna be separated from Salt Lake County. And it, you're not gonna go from one to the other. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it really is, um, you know, I got a good look at it from the lower level down by the river, you know, following the Jordan River and, and, and looking at that going, huh, yeah, okay, I see this. <laughs> kind of see it. <laughs> you know, normally I'm sitting on the train, I'm reading or I'm texting somebody or I'm doing my email, whatever. And, and, and I just, it was like, look up. And I'm like, oh, I know where I am. <laughs> <laughs> wow, yeah. okay. That's gonna be uh, interesting as everything plays out and uh, just all of the, the places for temples and and where uh, I just I don't know it's it's just so interesting where they they place all of these things you know like Rexburg Rexburg North really <laughs> but you know uh, that Rexburg Temple is really hard to get into for for a lot of those students and and you know just like all of that that stuff there where we were talking about um, Manti Ephraim you know it kind of opened the the floodgates for very close temples like okay let's alleviate some of this. Um, stuff especially with the foresight of covid where these workhorse temples are already at capacity and then we're going to reduce the capacity we need closer things for for the work to still hasten and not get bogged down yeah and city center is already small they've only got two endowment rooms that then feed feed into one right so Mm -hmm. um they can't do any more there it's it's confined because of the size that the tabernacle was initially um and so it added it took a little bit of the stress off of the provo but not enough and no. they know they want to renovate provo and in order to do that <laughs> you gotta have some place for the people to do it so, i mean and orem it, it's huge it's a big temple um it's gonna it's gonna be great uh, every time i drive by i drive by it a couple times a week and it's it's cool to see the the changes and the things that are that are different each time and you see the progress and little it's like time lapse for me mm-hmm. um but that's uh, to have so many so close right 
-hmm. And Saratoga Springs, I think, is almost done. Um, I remember when that one was announced, I was so excited because I lived in the Sarah. I, I was like, oh, I'm sure we're going to be in the Saratoga Springs one because I was only a couple of miles away yeah. in, in Lehigh, in South Lehigh. And I worked in Saratoga Springs and I always went that way. Little did I know I was going to be moved to American Fork and be in pretty much the shadow of Mount Timpanogos. I'm like, okay. Yep. <laughs> All right, Mount Timpanogos it is. <laughs> so um, that's just interesting. Mm -hmm. But um, the Tooele one was announced in this April 2019 conference. And I don't know if any of you have heard any of the new stuff about the building of the Tuila Temple and the plans and things. And it was very interesting. It's a very interesting study in people because um, the, the church had the location and they wanted to build the temple and build some parks and build some um, housing units that would house multiple family housing units and do all of this stuff. And the people in the town threw a fit. They didn't want their, they didn't want a temple there because they didn't want the traffic from a temple and they didn't want, you know, and, and to see, you know, everybody is usually so excited to get a temple yeah. and to see the people's reaction of, no, we don't want this we don't want it here. And there was a lot of resistance. And they ended up moving the temple to a different location, I think, and totally changing what was involved um, in the plan and everything like that. But I just, my and thought- the name was, of it too, it, didn't they change the name? Um, to Desert Peak or something like that? Yes, yeah, yeah. So, you know, it, it it doesn't bode well for Tooele, just saying. I know, because that's what Pocatello did uh, at first, because they were on track to, to get a temple a long time ago or whatever, but then they, they threw a fit a, about it, and the, the prophet actually uh, pronounced a curse on them or whatever that they wouldn't get one for a certain number of years. And oh, so, yeah. like, I, I, yeah, I, it doesn't bode well for Tooele, but, you know, whatever. Something yeah. similar, something similar happened with the Syracuse, Utah temple also in Lewis County. They didn't like where it was going to be. They ended up moving it to a different location, but it is being built. But mm -hmm. something happened with that also. I can't remember the details. Interesting. I oh, I've never heard of this happening. I never heard of any of this. I didn't know that people objected to like groups of people or like bishops or like like communities the, com the communities, communities. Like oh really? city council <laughs> and all that kind of stuff farmland too i have some my nephew's fam wife's family lives there so i heard about it through, through them they didn't want to lose so much of their farmland too that was part of it too mm-hmm the hard thing with that is they're building houses out there like crazy, so they're losing it anyways, yeah. you know. So it's a matter of choosing what you want. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say somebody's selling them the land, so it's not like yeah. they are kicking somebody off. So I didn't yeah. even know that ever happened, you guys. Yeah, it was a big thing. Yeah, of course the the trib always blows it up and it tries to stir the pot. You know, <laughs> yeah. they're always 
they're always bringing out, you know, something, you know, like, oh, this restaurant is being, um, this restaurant that's been here for so many decades is having to move because the temple's being built. I guess it was a restaurant, a pub or something like that. Well, they didn't own the building. They had a lease. Their lease was up. Owner sold. Hello. Happens every day. <laughs> Happens all the time. So you move. You know, you move to a different location and they they decided to close their doors instead of move. Well, if you were such a lucrative restaurant, I think you would open in a different location. Just saying. You know what though, you guys, I, I gotta say something on that. My state conference is next week and they, they send out a sheet, of, I mean, an email with list of things that they want us to be studying on. Um, before conference and part of it is on the prophet's last talks on truth you know whatever it is truth the same things and then the temples and being mm -hmm. built and so i i also um truman Old angel it was the architect and he was a great 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 grandfather so i've been reading a lot of his history on it of, with the temples and the diff going back to the nauvoo temples and all the different things and I I went in so many directions but one of the things that really hit me strongly was okay our first temple uh, the temple in Missouri didn't get built and the, also Nauvoo it wasn't fin everything there was not finished either and what hit what's kind of hit me is okay we went into there and there were other, other people and I know it goes both ways. You have to get along with both people. How how are we, you know, the idea of just saying, well, you can move somewhere else. We And the other people say, no, you're coming in, you're moving me out. We're supposed to be kind and considerate and loving. And so what happens when each of us have that headstrong opinion and it doesn't work or something happens along the way? So that's kind of, I went down, a way past I never expected to go down whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's interesting how these temples, you know, they're not just canceled or whatever, saying, okay, you know, whatever, but they they move and accommodate and, and, and different things. It, it's that interesting process. And, uh, you know, we kind of read just kind of what the, is reported, uh, right? But um, I bet that there is a lot of that that give and take and uh, really working and because we don't want to ruffle feathers really but um, right and, and we're you know that's what we shouldn't be doing and you know getting along all the way not you know cowering but getting along and that's I think what we're we like you say the contention portion of it is drawn out and brought to our attention way more than anything else mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and I think that's the that's the Salt Lake Tribune, right? That's what they want to do. They want to portray more contention. They want to portray things to from a certain an, uh, angle to get um, people to have a certain re emotional response. And if their emotional response is great enough to to make them do something, right? Um, even I if think that's what all media does. Oh, absolutely. It, it, it absolutely does that. Um, but that's, that's what they do. But the, the Tribune seems to want that, that negative emotional response about anything church related ever. 
if they can find any little disgruntled person about anything, they will blow up this, you know, a mountain out of them, they'll make a mountain out of a molehill. And, and that's where I was saying about, you know, this restaurant, right? Because they were making this big deal about this, how this restaurant was being displaced. And, um, you know, if I owned a restaurant that was that popular and that um, successful, I would be able to just say, hey, we're moving and people would still come, right? But if the restaurant was barely hanging on and, and everything like that, they were gonna close anyway, you know, that's part of the story they might not have been talking about. Right, that, we that only get one, one narrative. Yes, that was, that was my point, you know, cause they might go, well, you know, we're having to close cause they're building the temple because then, you know, then that puts the blame for you having to close on somebody else. Not the fact that, yeah, my restaurant's not doing well. I'm going to have to close maybe right. because of COVID, maybe because of something else. Right. But you, you can look at things from all those different ways. And that narrative that they had was um, that they promoted was that the church was driving this restaurant out of business, right? And, mm -hmm. and you know, that's what the Tribune has. And you get a lot of people who, they consume that, they, they see that, and they, they think poorly. And, and I know that the church tries to mitigate all of that negative press, but sometimes, you know, it is what it is. Right. You know? Okay, I'm, I'm going to take you down somewhere else different to have you guys <laughs> think about. I love it. Oh, we okay. love these. We love these side trips. <laughs> okay, since I have been doing such a major, deep, deep dive, and I come from a construction background. My dad's a general contractor. My brother's general contract. I, it's the construction family. Okay, yeah. So it deals with everything's dealing with you know our foundation, our temples, tying everything together. Then I look up. All these others and we say you know that we're doing these renovations renewals um changes so you got to remember a, a re renovation is you usually a renovation is bringing something back to its original state so it can be worked as it was before mm -hmm. so most of these are not a renovation. They're a remodel. They're redo, correct? Yeah. Okay. So if we relate that to what's going on with our temples and we take that really deep and we've had all the changes that have already happened in our temples and the, the different things that have been done. I'm wondering, are we in for a great big change in our ordinances or something that's going to come big because this is that that's just what's taken me in that deep direction that's very interesting i love that because like renovation is very different from remodel and, and they keep saying renovation but this is not a renovation this is a remodel this mm -hmm. is a redo it's not taking it back to the original this is totally redoing it interesting <laughs> yeah, because I'm, 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 I really love temples and studying all of the architecture and progress and all that stuff, right? And so, like, uh, that's gonna, that's gonna turn my rabbit holes for a while. <laughs> well, and <laughs> I have the blessing that um, 
criminal angel was given, you know, when he was put to fin do the, the temple in Nauvoo. Mm -hmm. And it said that he would have miracles placed and angels placed around him if he would follow everything through to the end. Mm -hmm. And they didn't. Hmm. Interesting. They didn't. The house was not finished, neither was the temple. In fact, the temple they ended up selling and it burning. I mean, so I went down some deep way because <laughs> I have all this genealogy history with it yeah. too. Uh -huh. That is so interesting. Yeah. I'm going to have to. But that's a thought. I mean, that's kind of what, I don't know why the books have sat here for years, the genealogy ones, and I've not looked at. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, let's start looking at these, Kathy. Uh-oh. <laughs> yep. That genealogy will get you. You weren't ready for it then. Now you're ready to put the pieces of the puzzle together. I must not, because let me tell you one sec, because that was like, when we got all the things saying, you know, to research and, you know, really ponder and study all this. And I'm like, well, I've got some good firsthand information because I, you know, it's right in my family. And I'm like, holy crap, Kathy, you are. I went so many directions that it's like, but that's what I keep coming back to even. And I know I, I haven't heard anybody think on that grounds. So I'm going, is it? it really what I'm supposed to be thinking I pray about it I I need to get into the temple too I just haven't been able to with my work and everything and but it's like I just it keeps pointing me there and I don't know it, it, Love like, it. so you guys do some pondering too and <laughs> yeah. I, well, yeah, a I mean, lot I, of the newer temples um are getting two baptistries but I think our I keep coming to something big, something yeah. big that could shake the faith of a lot of people also is what it. Oh. <laughs> so you're saying we're bringing back polygamy. All right. No, I'm not saying that. <laughs> I don't believe in that. I just got to bring it up for, for Kathy Barton. <laughs> just yeah. no, I was just going to say, I cannot <laughs> believe you just said that. No, I don't. No way. No way, man. I don't think that one's a, a thing either. I think that's where yeah, they started having some problems. Did anybody read duct tape over there? Did anybody read the? I don't know where I saw it, but somebody said their family worked down on the construction of the Salt Lake renovations. Yeah. Did you see that one? Yeah, posted. Yeah, I did. Yeah, it says they're going to have they're going to have two baptistries in. Uh, in that, yeah, um, all things in that, and like twenty three or twenty seven endowment rooms, I think they said. Yeah, I think and it was twenty three. You didn't just keep thinking. Yeah, I don't remember where I saw it, and you, seven ceiling rooms or something. I don't know, and then it's going twenty stories down, and it can sway five feet in each direction. If there's a, it can withstand an eight earthquake. That is not a renovation. I guarantee you. No. <laughs> no. And it says the I guarantee is down there every day when they take their lunch breaks. And when they come back from their lunch breaks, they usually have a new direction of what to do. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, so I'm like, wow. <laughs> so here's another question. What's the difference between a restoration and a renovation? 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's we, what I've, I've got. Renovation, remodel, restoration. What are some other ones? <laughs> I want to do a word search on all of those. Refreshing. Refreshing. Preserving. I wanted to say something about Tupperware. Renewal. Yeah, I have restoration, renewal, refreshing, preserving, renovation. So, you and know, that's the, the word that is used the most is renovation. Yeah, it is. But that's not. I mean, that's not what's happening. No, it is. It, it, it is, is not. Model, isn't it? Yeah, it definitely it definitely is, and that's why with, like I said, with the construction portion of my background, I'm like, this is not a renovation. This is a remodel. You know, I just kept going. It's not going to be the same. Everything, you know, they're not trying to get it back to the original to be able to look the same and be in this, but up to code and everything that you get. It's not what that is. Mm -hmm. well, here's, here's another definition. Renovation, to restore to life, vigor, or activity. So maybe if we look at the renovation as not the physical um building itself because we know that's a remodel right but is the renovation maybe to restore life and activity and the ability to have more activity at that temple right and but it's, and it, but, it's but it's been saying in in regards to the construction of it oh, so i know I, I know, and so, yeah, that might that also just might be a PR person thing, but well, it's being constructed. It's a construction thing that's happening. So it is absolutely. So it, it's just interesting to look at these: the restoration, return to an, the original state, right? Renovation is also to restore to a former better state, as by cleaning, repairing, or rebuilding. But that's still restores to a former state where the Salt Lake Temple is not going to be its former state. No. Mm -mm. It is definitely a remodel. Yeah. Hmm. That was very interesting. So you said, Tracy, you had stuff on, on temples, whatever. We'll go Tracy and then oh, Becky. It was, uh, well, Becky had her hand up for me, so let her go first. No, it's okay. I'm going to kind of take it a different direction. So you go first. Okay. So I was sitting in church today and a new roots tech thing that came out where when you're indexing and you get that fancy calligraphy writing and you just can't read it, it'll scan over it and read it for you. It's, it's like an AI thing. It's really cool. I said to tell everybody to yeah. take a look at that because it's going to change your life in indexing. Our guy, we were just, we were being naughty in the pew and he was showing me how it works. <laughs> <laughs> you can't say that we're being naughty in the pew. You wish you'd shown it to me. <laughs> I love it. That's funny. Okay, that's what I wanted to say. <laughs> so I was thinking about um, verse 15. Verse 15, is that what we're going to call it? Huh? 15. And how he goes on to say, may we renovate our lives through our faith and trust in him. May we access the power of the atonement by our repentance each day. It made me think about the spiritual uh, foundations 
Mm -hmm. talk that we just had but as we were just speaking about you know different people being upset with where the temples are going or how they're wanting them done it just made me think how many times in my life am I when the Lord's like hey I want you to put a fountain here in your life I need you to renovate this area and I'm like no thanks (laughs) I don't want that there (laughs) it 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 just kind of like I don't know it made a good um terrible for me in my brain going mm-hmm. okay I need to be willing to let the atonement help me renovate the way that God wants me to his objection his objective should be my objective and if he's telling me I need to get rid of something in my life to upgrade then I should be willing to do it so anyways that just got me thinking like oh I wonder how many times I'm going go away I want to do this myself like a little toddler you know like I can I can do this myself back off it's just <laughs> anyways yeah. and you know where that renovate on that one takes me to mm-hmm. back to our pre-existence to be renovate our lives through faith to be as we were back then and that it would be renovating it it would be taking us back to how we were in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our, our valiant, our valiant selves, because we know we were valiant to be here. Yeah. That's where that one takes me. That yeah. Takes right back to our foundation of the very, very beginning. So that one clicks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and here I was at the beginning of class going, yeah, we might get through this one really quick and have to move to another talk or whatever. I no. kept thinking, should I say anything or should I not? And then I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm diving in. I'm going for it. Absolutely. That's what we live for on these, right? Yes, exactly. We're, we're deep. Well, this is what, yeah. quite a diversion. <laughs> on that topic, when we were doing the little class on coordinations and we're talking about breathing... That was popping out again on, I was studying President Nelson talks. So it was in the talk yeah. on page 62. I saw that too, chapter 23. Like, saw so this stuff. Whenever we study something new, it just pops out like crazy. Yep. <laughs> okay, yeah. I'm going to bring one more thing into it to give you something to think about. All right. Okay. All right. So when we've been talking about how they've said that the the construction workers will pull him in and give him lunch and then they go back and there's been something changed or something different that they've he's felt impressed upon to do very much so i believe that with everything because if you think about it the tabernacle clear back from when which we relate to as temples the the ark everything they had exact dimensions it had to be built exactly the the dimensions were given to how it was supposed to be built correct am i Mm -hmm. right on that yeah okay same thing with what was supposed to go into the not uh the both the nauvoo temple and the missouri temple both of them had very specific layouts everything okay now when they come to utah to build the temple they sent the architects to Europe to find out and learn about building and designs and what design might be the best to do. So yeah. what do you think why that would have been? And then it took 40 years to build it. Yeah. Well, I think it has to do with the fact that the Lord told them what to do and they didn't I do think it. 
that's exactly what I'm saying. They and, were told in the beginning, but when they, he sent them over to Europe to start studying other architecture, he, what they weren't, he wasn't listening. Um, Brigham Young, I don't believe, was listening to the Lord to tell him how to build it. He sent them out to go do it instead of listening to the Lord telling what like had been happened. So that's why I think maybe now we're getting some of these so-called renovations. That's just kind of where I went. I know that's well, deep. <laughs> well, when we are when we are given light and truth, and we don't accept it, we don't follow it, we turn our backs on it, or you know whatever. Like they were given the plans for the temple, then that is taken from us, and then right. we no longer have that. So right. he gave it to them twice. They, they were too, they were too um, fearful. Yep. To do what he told them to do when he told them to do it. Um, and they didn't. Know, and they didn't do it. And so, okay, I'm not going to, I'm going to take that from you. Yep. Yes, you need to build a temple, but I'm not going to tell you how to do it anymore. Because you don't because listen to listen. me. Yep. So now you're going to have to figure it out. Yep. And so that's what we've done. And you can even look, um, you know, back in the the nineties, the late nineties. Thank you. You just made me feel so much better. <laughs> Why? <laughs> because that's what I've been thinking, and I'm like, holy crap! You know, I everybody thinks everything's so wonderful on the Salt Lake Temple. I'm finding out all of a sudden there's some stuff that was messed up. That you know, and I'm, going, I'm not even I'm talking Salt Lake. I'm not even talking Salt Lake, but back in the nineties, they oh, yeah. came out with this small temple program, right? And they built all these temples, right? Mm -hmm. I, yeah. I used to live in Ohio. One of the ones they built was the Columbus, Ohio temple. Yeah. It was dedicated in 2000. Okay. Well, just a couple years ago, they had to completely tear that temple down to the ground right. because it, mm -hmm. of mold. Yeah. And it wasn't the only temple. They had all these different temples and it's been really quiet, right? They haven't been making grand announcements or anything. Um, the people who live in the districts know, but they were having mold problems because there were construction and design flaws in those small temples. And so some of them, they caught it and they could do the renovations. Others, it was just so far gone. They just had to raise the whole building and start over. And so that's what happened in Columbus. They've it's been listening to the arm of the man instead of the arm of God. Correct. And I see that a lot. You know, we do a lot of things in councils in the church, right? And, and right. when we do that, um, if you have a lot of people on a council who are of that mental persuasion or spiritual level, then that's what you're going to get. Right. Right. Um, you know, and we see it everywhere. You, you see the differences in how wards and stakes are done. And I mean, it's part of what we're having to deal with. And, you know, um, that's how the Lord teaches us things and how we all learn and grow. And, and even those particular people, maybe they needed to learn the hard way, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and it's great if we can learn from someone else's mistakes instead of our own. But, you know, we all make our plenty of our own, I think. Oh, um, I've been, I've got the college degree. I'm a 
a doctorate <laughs> in the school of hard knocks believe me <laughs> oh i think we all are in one way or another right you know i have hit about all of them <laughs> <laughs> we're taking advanced courses here right yeah um but it just is um it's interesting to see that and just and to draw those parallels right oh, yeah definitely definitely um, um and are we willing um uh, scott and i just started um the emotional resilience self-reliance class today oh uh -huh. and and they um it, it, they're pushing it really hard in our ward and so we're like okay yeah let's sign up we actually have two full classes of almost 20 people um taking this class it's like most of the ward is in this is in one of these classes and I, I keep wondering, okay, what is coming for our ward that our ward has to be so prepared for? You know what? That's what our whole, all of them and like all the temple stuff, all these things is what they have sent out for us to be studying and before state, state conference, all of that. So mm -hmm. I'm thinking the same thing. What's going to happen here? Something in West Haven, Utah. Where's West Haven? Uh, it's west of Roy Ogden area that way out okay. towards the west. Okay, so you're up north, we're down yeah. south. Um, yeah, there's just all of that. Um, it, something is coming. Oh, definitely, and, definitely. And they're trying to get us prepared for it and ready so that we don't fall apart. And I Absolutely. think we need, to, we need to be able to handle it so we don't fall apart, so that we can help those people who are falling apart. Absolutely. Right. And, Absolutely. And I, I just feel so strongly that that is part of what we are preparing for. I totally um, agree. You know, so I, I love all this information, this construction based information. Thank you so much, Kathy. That's wonderful. Oh, you're thanks for listening. Cause I've been, I mean, the last couple of weeks I've just been, I mean, I had started early, you know, sooner really doing a deep dive into the into particularly the Nauvoo temple and then when all this hit it was like bam 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 and it fell in and I'm like are you kidding me wait a minute I just read that wait a minute I just you know so like you said before I wasn't I didn't have a need to know or understand and now I do and it's like all these pieces are just falling together and it's it's isn't it fun when you like go down a rabbit hole and then like the first thing you're like, I got to tell people what I'm learning. Yes. <laughs> and you don't know how bad I've been going. Okay. Who do I tell? Who do I, I, I don't know. You know yeah. I mentioned a little couple things, you know, to one friend. She's like, oh, I don't go there. I just, if I burn in hell, I'll just burn in hell. Cause I'm not going to learn all that stuff. I'm like, okay, well, there you go. <laughs> no, just share it with us. We'll eat it up. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> because we're all getting these same puzzle pieces. We're all getting different puzzle pieces, right? Yes. Um, you know, and I was just having a conversation like uh, with my son yesterday. Um, you know, here we are at a gaming convention. We were at SaltCon and we went to dinner and, and he's talking to me about what he's learning in the temple. And, you know, we come back and we're still talking about you know, personal revelation and, and, and all this stuff, you know, we're in the quiet room at SaltCon, so it was a good place to talk, but, you know, it was, it was just so cool, all this stuff, and he's like, mom, I just, I feel like 
all these things are opening up. I'm getting this piece of the puzzle and that piece of the puzzle. Yeah. I said, Isn't it great? I said, I've got this corner over here I'm working on. You're working on this corner over here, you know, and we can, we could tell each other about our puzzle pieces. And it was so cool to see that growth in him as he's starting to click things yeah. together and starting to see things. And, and, uh, you know, we all get different puzzle pieces based on what it is that we're studying. Exactly. And, well, and, and so, where something happens to just lead you in a, that, like I said, I, you know, I've had this stuff here for it for years and I haven't done a deep dive into any of it. And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, start kind of thumbing through a little bit, but yeah, it's, and I'll, I don't know about you guys, but I will get like, it will seem like a flash of light and it's like it's like a deja vu hits me all of a sudden mm-hmm. and if and i i'm learning now as soon as i get them i need to write them down mm. because it's and i don't there's something i don't know what it is but it, i'm i'm learn i'm going through the process because it's and then it'll be gone and then something up down the road will click and i'll go i remember that oh yeah yeah yeah. but it's mm-hmm. it's there's something but i'm i'm still trying to piece it together i'm being told something mm-hmm. i'm slow <laughs> Love it. yeah so l in the, the chat shared a, a video i'm assuming is that the uh, michael rush one yes i listened to it in between that's why i was so late yeah. getting in this one. <laughs> oh my gosh it'll blow your mind but basically it, the the stuff that I didn't understand, I can't tell you, but he was basically saying that the Jews didn't recognize Christ because they were taught by men rather right. than getting revelation directly from God. He said, are we being taught by God or are we just regurgitating what other people and other men, including the prophet, tell us we're supposed to be taught directly from God. And that's what he's saying. If we do that he talked about the spiritual work. He quoted some things that President Nelson said, quoted scriptures. And it was basically, if we're going to be able to survive the last days, we are going to have to, like he said, be guided by the spirit directly from God. And I can't tell you the rest he was talking about because it was <laughs> stuff out there about other worlds and oh my, what Abraham saw and experienced. It's, oh my gosh, it's, it, it takes study, study, study. Have you read his books, El? Uh, I have two of them. I don't have Daniel 11. Okay. Um, I have read, read bits of them, but not as read all the way all through. Read remnant mate will return. And then read, um, I, I did it in this order. Remnant will return, Daniel 11, Nephi and Isaiah, and then Revelations. Okay. I Oh, he has four. I have the first one and the last one. I don't have the two in the middle, I guess. Well, he gave away the other, um, I've had a remnant shall return for a while, but he gave away the audio of the other three of those at Christmas for free. Oh, okay. And so I, I, that's the order that I listened to them in and mind blown, um, lots of information, definitely um, do that. And then you might understand more of what he was talking about. Okay. Um, was this the, the video of his on personal revelation? Is that the one? 
No, it was promoting some kind of science fiction like novel or something. And it's three Ooh. hours and you have to go. It's posted to Learning Zion. Um, who posted, I can't remember who posted. They posted on the Facebook Learning Zion. And you have to forward about two hours to get to, to, get to Michael Rush's part. So this was, this was the release of that book. Because I knew it was coming. I saw a promo that he did about it and he knew he was going to be talking um, about it. So this was actually what he said when he was doing his presentation. Yes, at the end, because yeah, they had like, it was a premiere of the book, I guess. Yes, yeah, yeah. It it's was not it his was, book. It was somebody else's book. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. All right. So it was in, it was posted to Learning Zion. I have, I have really been off of Facebook for the last um, four or five days because I've been at, at SaltCon. So I posted to the WordPress one, but I'm not sure where to, what category to post it in. Where do you put that one? Under Abraham, maybe under Abraham or I don't know whether cosmology, the, like we have the cosmos. The, um, the Lost Ten Tribes is what his group, his Facebook is called or whatever. And that's what I called Michael Rush's group on. The okay, I could post reference. it there. I could post it in several because it no. covers lots of different things. It, well, Ezra Ziegel is also a Michael Rush group mm -hmm. on Facebook. Lost Ten Tribes is his website. Lost10tribes.com. Ezra's Eagle is the Facebook that group that does a lot of that. Is there a Lost Ten Tribes Facebook group? No, on, on the learningzion.com oh. WordPress site. Oh, like okay. I, I, I named all of the like book clubs after what their website was called. Gotcha. And so I, that one, it's called Lost Ten Tribes, but you know, it, it, it covers a lot more than, than just that, but that's where she can find out. Okay, yeah, well, I found, I found the link to the launch party. Um, that, was, that was yesterday. Um, so that's cool. I you said hour two, the two hour mark is when he starts. Yeah, talking. roughly. I didn't. I just kept forwarding, but it's three and some hours long. It might be even close to three and three quarters. It's really yeah. long, but his part's only about an hour and hour, hour and fifteen. I'm not sure, but you have to okay. go quite a ways into it to get to him. Okay. Sure. All right. Yeah, it's three hours and 44 minutes long, and he is just about at the two-hour mark. You're good. You're good, yeah. Al. I was listening to it, but I was doing other things at the same <laughs> time. So. Yep. And then, Becky, did you have your hand raised? Maybe you. I did. Uh, I just... My mind kind of caught on to um, Kathy saying what's coming, what's coming. And I've got a note from our ward conference. The state president met with the 12 last week. Um, a bunch of state presidents did. So this was before they met, but um, the 12 wanted to meet with them. They had concerned faithful saints along the Wasatch Front are being faithful by our own definition. So I've been feeling like we're going to get something big at conference um because if they're pulling all the state presidents in because of concern with that they yeah. we should be hearing it can't just be um 
I mean, I guess it could be. Maybe we're just really wicked here. But faithful um, by your own definition. That oh, that says a lot. That's that it, a it's lot. a zinger, isn't it? Ooh, yeah. So I guess keep your ears open mm-hmm. during for a new definition of what it means to be a faithful saint. Mm-hmm. Share wow. with us what you what you hear. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, faithful by our own definition. I, I think there there are more changes coming that we will hear about this conference. And isn't that interesting? Like I tried to, to plan this out so that we tried to somewhat end right by conference. We have a couple of weeks right after it. But anyway, to kind of go through all of these changes and, you know, as we <laughs> ride the waves into the second coming, there's going to be lots of more changes and stuff. But it, it definitely seems like there's going to be quite a few little things that have the potential to divide or or change or things <laughs> and the last one seemed kind of quiet i expected lots of changes and it wasn't but i think now with what's happening in the world i think things are there's going to be lots at this conference mm-hmm. yeah in oregon we get to take our masks off on friday, friday. <laughs> yes schools churches everywhere <laughs> yeah you guys are laughing at us i know <laughs> oh you're just lucky we haven't gotten the okay in our stake yet oh. we oh, just got it today oh where do you live at um i'm in clearfield seriously yeah wow we haven't really wore them <laughs> yeah we haven't i at mean all. we did for a few weeks but I mean, was... yeah same here we got an email the day so they put out the new letter on the friday our state president sent out an email on saturday and all but a handful of people didn't have them on sunday and it was really funny because one um, teenage girl came in late and she sat down next to her mom behind us and she was wearing a mask her mom leans over and whispers you don't have to wear masks anymore and she goes really and she just tore it off her face (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and that's pretty much the way everybody was feeling it's like oh we've just got to get rid of this oh i know but i have a whole bunch of my co-workers that want to keep them like people that i work with and so i i actually had to do a social skills thing with my students this you know last week and this week about okay now we're gonna see some people still wearing them and so we need to be respectful <laughs> say would it be inappropriate we if we all went out and had a bonfire with them <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's a couple of my groups i told them yeah we're gonna burn them <laughs> yeah, I think that's, that would be, yes <laughs> we have to be careful we actually told our primary kids today too okay lots will have them down but there'll be we do have a whole bunch that still has you know a lot of feelings about it so yeah we're gonna be really careful with their feelings and stuff exactly because like in the end really i mean we're, we're focused on building zion we're not focused right. on vision right, right. <laughs> but <laughs> i'm just grateful i don't have to wear you guys have no idea it's just <laughs> like uh anyway <laughs> I, I haven't worn one in, in more than a year i know stop you're just making me feel really good. <laughs> no, I don't think any of my family has worn one in over a year. Yeah. We have to wear it every day, all day long. Mm-mm. Don't I you have the Highlander 
a little bit peculiar that the war starts and we take off our masks the exact same week. Yeah. Really. Uh, well, I thought the virus is gone. <laughs> well, what is peculiar is that the FDA finally released the first 55,000 pages about the vaccine trial. Oh, yeah. um, and the war started just before that. There are so many bombshell just uh, announcements in that. And, you know, yeah. so many things in that that would be getting all sorts of coverage, but aren't getting a lick of coverage right. of Ukraine and Russia. Right. And they originally wanted that stuff suppressed for 75 years. I know, because they didn't want people to know. They right. wanted everybody to be dead who knew the truth, you know, of what happened. Um, but I think it's very interesting when you look at this whole Ukraine and Russia thing, look at all of the people who are gathering on one side, right? right. And, and what they stand for and what they want. And, and contrast all of that and everything you hear in the media with the first presidency's letter about the conflict. And the first presidency said, you know, we have members in all of these countries and we pray for them. We pray for a speedy resolution. We pray for the good people everywhere, right? So they're not coming down on one side or another and they're just praying for the, you know, the good people to be blessed by the Lord. And I think that that is a great example for us to yeah. follow, right? Um, I think it's very interesting to see some of the flips too. You have some people who are all about follow the prophet, follow the prophet when it comes to a mask or a vaccine. But then when it comes to um, let's follow the prophet in not condemning a whole country or something like that. We're not picking sides. We're praying for the righteous. And, and these same people, they're like, no, I'm going to pick a side and this is where I'm going to be. Um, well, also just one more thing I wanted to say was um, I just said how the war just started and then they take off our masks and then they tried to impeach Trump. And then that, as soon as that got over, like the next day is when the virus was out. So mm -hmm. we can't get distracted on like, what are they trying to cover up now? And yeah, just asking the Lord, like, what, are we, what are we supposed to learn from this? And what are they hiding now? So I just like not get, I mean, I of course pray for Ukraine and all that stuff, but okay. so be on our heels to okay, what's coming now because they're smoke screening something else in my opinion yep. so yeah. yeah pay don't pay attention to what i'm doing over here i need you to watch over here instead yeah well, I mean, it's never a a the, the apostles have gone to the middle east sort of and aren't they putting out a pamphlet about uh yeah. the eastern religions and stuff and I don't know if you've heard, I just, I haven't read on this, but I just learned in 2023, Turkey's 100 year treaty that they had is going to expire, which means Turkey then can gain their old land back if they want. So I wonder if that's going to open up to some kind of thing like Russia and Ukraine. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to have to learn to understand the people of that region and maybe that's why they're pushing that right now hmm. 
you know i don't know I, you know they see it they see ahead far ahead what i know <laughs> so but yeah i didn't realize that and somebody i saw that somewhere somebody shared that and i was like oh okay so something could happen with turkey and that would kind of light up the middle east sort of well, I, I think it's only a matter of time. I think it's coming. I know. It's it's kind of crazy to me how so many people are just writing this war out. Like, oh, you know, it, there, it's not really a big deal kind of thing. You know, it's just whatever. But I'm like, I, I think this one's kind of a big deal. <laughs> you know, we might want to pay attention to some of the intricacies of it, you know, but... Uh, look at some of the prophecies yeah <laughs> maybe study the scriptures a little bit perhaps see how things go together no. yeah. so anyway well how is that for a tangent for you i know i we put it in so many different ways i love it and here i was thinking it was just going to be a quick little one we'd have to uh do plan b and go to a different one Cameron, nope. when is our group ever a quick little anything? <laughs> no. <laughs> I love it. It's fun. It's nice because it's the only place we can really discuss anything. Most people Absolutely. just want to go live their life and go back to a normal and, you know, just go to church, read their script, do the basics. They don't want to know what's happening in prophecy or they don't want, I, I don't know. It's just, it's nice that we discuss all kinds of stuff. Mm -hmm. Normal is so overrated, I tell you. <laughs> so so um, think, think about this, you know, the children of Israel, they left Egypt, right? What was the normal that they have not, they had known for 400 years, yeah. right? They Slavery. had been slaves and, and the culture of Egypt, right? Giants. And, and all of their idolatries and everything, that's all they knew. That is, that was their whole, you know, their culture was all shaped by that, right? So then Moses says, okay, I'm taking you out. We're going to make you free. Number one, they don't know how to be free. And number two, you know, he's like, okay, I'm going to go get stuff from God. And they're like, well, he sure has taken a long time. Is he coming back? Did he, did he die up there on that mountain? You know, all that kind of stuff. And so what do they do? They, they, do what they know, their cultural thing, they go back to normal and they say, make us this idol that we can pray to, right? Because that's what they, that's what they knew. And then um, if we look at where we were, right? With COVID, everything shut down. We couldn't go to church. We had to, uh, we'll probably talk about it. I don't know, it might've, might've been one of the other talks this week, right? Um, the home sent where he was, talking about the home-centered um, church-supported church, right? So he got us ready for that. And then COVID came and we had to actually implement that and everything shut down. So people had to leave their sports behind. They had to leave all of their other, other idols. They, all their idols got put on the shelf or they got put in the garage or they got, you know, whatever. And, and people got to focus more on the Lord. And it was great for many people. It was such a great learning experience. But then what happened in the church when things started to open up again, right? 
we go right back to, okay, now I, I got to get my little sports idol out and we're going to put it here and polish it up, you know, all right, I don't, I don't have to wear a mask to go see this and I'm going to get this, my football one and my basketball one and my, and my soccer one and my Olympics one and, 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 oh, and, and now my vacation one and, oh, oh, oh yeah, it's, the weather's starting to warm up. I got my, I got my camper and my four-wheeler, you, you know, you see where I'm going. And all these things and I, I can go back to work and I can do all these things. And we're all people going back to normal is returning to their idol. And, and people are doing that and thinking that they're still faithful members of the church. So maybe that's part of what it is. Maybe we'll hear something about our modern idolatries and how we need to start cutting those out, right? I don't know. But it's, um, we're not much different than the children of Israel. Just saying. Mm -hmm. um, we are. We've lived a lot of years in Babylon, right? Yeah. yeah. It's kind of. Well, and don't, don't you think maybe a lot more repentance is going to be said? You know, you need to repent because it, I mean, the word actually isn't said a lot. Yeah. And oh, I don't know. Back. I've been cracking repentance in here. <laughs> well, I'm reading about it. We're not hearing it from our prophets. We're not hearing those words that, you know what I mean? That well, what I'm saying is in, in President Nelson's thing, I've started, I've started tracking when he's telling people they need to repent. Mm -hmm. And time. it's in here more than you realize. Yeah. Is it? Because yes. I've, I've tried looking at that too. And, you know, also helping the yeah. poor. I know we might be, you know, just donating and stuff, but how much do we really help, you know, the needy and the poor and, and how much time do we spend with those people versus our own little world? Mm -hmm. Right. And that's, that's the basics. That's our foundation. Those things are the foundation. Yes. on which Christ's church, Christ's gospel was built upon. Well, in, um, in one of the other talks that we didn't go back and do, Cameron, um, in the, We Can Do Better and Be Better, President Nelson talks yeah. extensively about repentance and about metanoeo and, and the change, uh, change your mind, change your knowledge, change your spirit, change your breath. He said we might even need to change the way that we breathe. Now there is a. Uh, and what does Mormon, breathe mean? What does well, breathe mean? Well, the Mormon yeshiva. Um, no, what does breathe mean? It's God's voice. It's God. Yeah. Right. Breath. Yeah. Yes. More, but Mormon yeshiva is a YouTube channel, and it's. Um, I think his name is Rob Robert K. He was um, raised Jewish. And he is, he's converted, um, but he actually talks about things from the Jewish perspective and the things that he learned in Hebrew school and, and things about the names. And, and um, he was, in one of his videos, he was talking about the, the name of Jehovah and, and how they say it and how it becomes more of a breath. Um, and it's, and it's a way that they breathe. And there's even a, um, hold on, I've got it written down. There's, um, 
a meditation just on 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 the on the name of the Lord, right? And it's Yudhe Vahe, and it's a pattern. You pattern your breath after um, the breath of God, come into alignment with God, right? Um, the yud is thought in your head and the he is your breath and lungs, your life essence, and the va is your torso or emotions. And then you have the he again. So I'm bringing my head in line with the Lord and my heart in line with the Lord as you would say his name. And it, it, he says it's even just as you say it, it changes the way that you breathe. Um, it was in his Beholding Eternity Part 4 video where he goes into great detail about that. Yeah, it's amazing the, uh, that change, that metanoia. I mean, it, it took me on lots of different uh, avenues and word searches and stuff. And, but that, that breathing is, is very important and uh, changing the way that we, we focus and, and everything on it. Mm -hmm. Yes, and, and all in that in that talk, he's talking, I plead with you to repent, power of daily repentance. When we choose to repent, repentance is key, daily repentance. Repentance is not an event, it is a process. Um, you know, Jesus asked you to and me to repent. And when was that talk? Do you know, by chance? That was the same conference. It was, yeah, just, okay. uh, it was the priesthood. It was the priesthood session, huh. it was the first it was the first talk in the conference we just did we okay. can do better and be better and he, oh, there it is. he 23 pretty much he brought the um he brings it down hard he brings it down hard on the brethren get right? up off the couch get doing something <laughs> yeah we're studying this wednesday anybody who wants to come to the group wednesday yep on wednesday where at on this group yeah, here it's 8.30. Okay, 8.30. Yeah. Um, on page 64, I have written in the, in the margins for his, eliminate your idolatries and lusts, right? Mm -hmm. um, that is one of the things that he's telling them to do. And, and so just, he's already warned us and he's warned people three years ago. So it gave him a three-year head start, yeah. right? It'll be interesting to see what comes, what changes. Yeah, because we have lots of patterns of three and a half years, don't we? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it's exciting. It is exciting, right? <laughs> it's fun. It's going to be exciting. Get your rest and take your vitamin pills. It's going to be exciting. <laughs> I just want to comment on the the feeding the poor and the needy and stuff. Because um, it's amazing how much our church does do. And um, like a week ago, last Friday... Cameron went into a, a band in Burley and um, just in that distance, it's like 30 miles. There was, what'd you say, 30? About 30? Something like that, 20 to 30. 
Oh, yeah, I told my mom about that. I said, what's going of, on in Utah? Of the Deseret uh, um, trucks from the storehouses headed towards Salt Lake. I just think they were stocking up to send over to Ukraine. I think probably. Yeah, maybe. I agree. They do do a lot of stuff and it's because of our donations and, and things like that. But how many of us really connect to those people? And, and, uh-huh. and that's, that's kind of what I'm getting at is the, the uh-huh. fact that we do it, but it's just another one that we just write out the check or, you know, pull it out of my account, but not really thinking about what they, their needs and what's going on and, and not in a judgmental way. And I, I worked for quite a while helping with the homeless it wasn't our church it was another church and helping them and I mean there were people that were like I don't know how you dare go down there because you know the heart of of Ogden City the whole thing and it's like you have to they want to have something to do with you as much as not and just because they may look scary doesn't mean that they are You, you need to put down those barriers and and they're really you know you don't know what's put them in the position sometimes it's their own doing sometimes it's not mm-hmm. i've got some okay. students that are homeless i see it daily with my little guys it's and i can get involved directly so it's right it's but and i have it, a little boy that when he was two he went homeless his mom was a heroin addict and then he came back to school last fall. He was seven. And like, I had to teach him where he goes potty in the toady because he was going everywhere, like just on the floor. And anyway, I would get after him because he was pretty violent too. He just didn't, he was feral pretty much. And so I'd get after him. He said, <gasps> are you not going to be my teacher anymore? And I'm like, no, I'm still going to be your buddy. But they need so many things. Just they do. Unbelievable. So, so many. And it's so much more prevalent. Just a little than- tiny taste of what I do every day. <laughs> well, and how many of us have families in our ward that are not as affluent as everyone else, right? Oh, they're, they're really... Yeah they're the needy ones and how many wards give lip service to helping them but after they need something a few times they're like well I'm tired of helping you and they stop well and you know what it's not always financial sometimes it's just by putting your arm around them and or talking to them or letting them know that you care an ear to listen to or you know there's other ways of looking out for them also besides just finances oh right we had a sister in our ward um who had lots of medical issues and things and she needed rides to doctor's appointments right right like that and it it just got to the point where it was just like pulling teeth trying to get people to do things oh yeah um you know so like doesn't she have a car yet or or you know (laughs) you know it's just that kind of that kind of attitude um that's one thing that I try to do a lot is go back and watch the the church's video lift. 
you know, they show it between conferences mm-hmm. all the time and stuff. But yeah. I mean, that one like recenters me and just like recon, uh, I don't know, it gets me back aligned every single time that I, I watch it. I'm like, okay, <laughs> quit complaining about any little thing that you have to do over 10,000 times. Like it, it's important to, I mean, the Lord puts us in those positions so that we can conserve, right? And minister to, right. to our fullest. Yeah, and right. another way you guys, I'm a word missionary as well. And so I go teaching with the missionaries a lot. And and that's where you really get your eyes opened about the poverty that's just around you in your community. And they're always needing people to go with them, especially the sister missionaries when they're, they just need another person there when there's a male there or whatever. But, you know, you go into those homes and it's just, you just cry inside for what you see, just the dog feces in the corner and just the, just the poverty, just the, ah, it's it's heart-wrenching, but it's, it's a good wake up to, to do your ministering and to, to reach out and do more than you do. So Um, I would recommend if you want to, you know, just get in contact with your missionaries and just offer to go with sometimes on teaching assignments and it's awesome (laughs) the spirit is always so close there too so many of those people live in chaos right the lord god is a god of order and um we we came here in this life to learn about opposites to learn about things that you can't really learn about just from books, right? I'm sure that we learned a lot before we came here, but until you experience the taste of salt or until you can experience what sweet is or sour, you don't really know what it is. And and sometimes you have to be able to see the chaos and the disorder to appreciate the order. And, um, you know, we had that experience this weekend. We had, um, we went to a very chaotic place, you know, a gaming convention, you know, and, and yes, it was full of great people. They were all very well behaved. It wasn't chaotic in that way. It just crowded lots of people, a few thousand, you know, that kind of thing, something always going on, um, you know, everything along those lines. And, and we, we came home to our quiet, more or less orderly house. And the contrast was so great for us. And it was great for us to be able to experience that. And and it just brought home to me what we're learning in this life. Isn't most of life like that, where we can see those contrasts and learn from those contrasts? I mean, we can even learn from the contrast of, of seeing um, people in situations that are less than ideal mm-hmm. and then helping them to see the contrast between what they have and what they can have. And then letting them make the choice, which do you want? And, and that's the hard part, right? Letting other people make the choice as to oh, what yeah. you want. Yeah. Don't stop. We like to think we know what's better, you know, we're like, 
this is so great. It's so wonderful. Look at this fantastic thing. It's so wonderful. But the Lord's not going to make anybody go where they're not comfortable. Nope. So anyway. I love all you guys. Yep. It's almost 10. <laughs> <laughs> so much for a short meeting tonight, Cameron. <laughs> I love it. All of the groups are, are starting to <laughs> really get into it. I love it. It's, it's never short. It's never short. <laughs> All right. Well, it's been fun. We will catch everyone. Let me pull up the, the reading thing for next week just to make sure we're on the same page. Just a second. Sorry. It's almost conference. Yeah. It's going by fast. My dad is 85 years old and he hasn't wore a mask once through any of this. <laughs> oh, daddy. Nor is well, my, he mom, my mom is 93 and she only wears it at the doctor. Oh, he, my dad yelled at the doctor for telling him he had to. <laughs> and the doctor said, you're He's never awesome. going to change, are you? And he says, nope. <laughs> awesome. All right. So next week we're doing October 2019 and group B is the second great commandment, which is fitting. We, we basically covered it tonight. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> we did cover it pretty good. <laughs> That's funny. It is funny. Well, then we can talk about another one. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we will see everyone next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>